When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Former mayor of Ithaca, New York, Svante Myrick is an experienced progressive with a record of real achievement. With an energizing passion, clear vision, and directed purpose, Svante Myrick is one of the most dynamic, young, progressive black leaders today. With a compelling upbringing and personal story that has laid the groundwork for his life of service and civic engagement, his unique experiences have shaped his leadership strategies, allowing him to put progressive values into action with compassion and ease, and to successfully improve the lives of the people in his community. As executive director of People for the American Way, he leads campaigns focused on transforming public safety, racial equality, voting rights, and empowering young elected officials. Garnering national media attention as the youngest ever mayor of Ithaca, New York, Myrick, during his tenure as mayor, was a leading reformer on drug policy, the environment, and public safety. Previously serving as director of People for the American Way's Youth Leadership Program, Myrick is a recipient of the John F. Kennedy Frontier Award and the People for the American Way Barbara Jordan Leadership Award. Also named by Rolling Stone as a hot do-gooder and public servant to watch, and in Forbes Magazine's 30 Under 30, Myrick has been featured across national outlets, including CNN, USA Today, and the New York Times, discussing the issues of progressive leadership, racial justice, and millennial civic engagement. Here with us to discuss his career in public service, the importance of democracy, and the inclusion of younger people in politics, we have former mayor of Ithaca, New York, the executive director of People for the American Way, Mr. Savante Myrick. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Ramses Ja. So, Mr. Myrick, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you having me here. Of course, of course. This is we've been looking forward to this one around here. So, uh, <laughs> one of the things we like to do on the show is start at the beginning. You know, um, oh. introduce you to our listeners at the very beginning. So, tell a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your upbringing, and what led you to a career in public service. Uh, see, that's so. You've worked with politicians before. Mm-hmm. You know that that's our favorite subject <laughs> is ourselves. So I, yeah, in the beginning, in the beginning, 1987, I was born, uh, okay. my father, a couple months before that, he was in the Navy, Navy guy. Uh, that's where he started using drugs for the first time, okay. ended up, um, 
disappearing from the house a couple months before I was born. But a month after that, my mom was laid off from her job because she was pregnant because there were no protections uh, then uh, for family leave. And as there still are, by the way, in most states, no protections. Um, so anyway, long story short, ended up uh, spent the first six months of my life in a homeless shelter, first eight years of my life in and out of homelessness, and developed a real passion for for first uh, minding other people's business, right? As my mom calls it, uh, being nosy. But I call it, you know, looking out for the public interest. I got really into the rules. What are the rules? Who made these rules? Um, how can we change them? Why is life so hard in America for so many people mm -hmm. while we're the greatest and wealthiest country on earth? And answering all those questions is what I went to school to do. I wanted to be a journalist, wanted to, to, um, to do what you do, you know, to mm -hmm. reach large numbers of people and change the, the, the world with the power of my pen or a microphone. And it uh, uh, turns out I was not a strong enough writer for that and not good enough behind a microphone for that. Mm. Uh, but when I was at Cornell, I was um, covering the city council meetings, like for the local paper, and just couldn't, especially when they're talking about housing issues, right? It was so personal to me and I had opinions, and I just couldn't sit on my hands. I kept, even though I was there to cover them, uh, I kept interjecting my opinions. And city councilman pulled me aside. He said, look, uh, you got to put up or shut up here. I'll show you how to run. Uh, I can help you get elected. And so when I was 20 years old, I got elected to the city council and loved it. Um, did that while I finished school, but I still felt like I could be making a bigger difference. So when I was 24, I ran for mayor, uh, was reelected at 28, and then reelected again at 32. Loved our work in Ithaca. I mean, we created more affordable housing in my 10 years as mayor than in the previous 50 years combined. Uh, while still growing a stronger economy and making the city safer, all these things that folks claim are are paradoxical, right? That you have to choose between one or the other. Uh, and then, you know, a series of things happened. Uh, 2016 happened. Donald mm -hmm. Trump got elected. Mm -hmm. January 6th happened. And we came closer than ever imagined possible in, a, in, in our country to uh, a full-blown insurrection. And I just knew that that was not the end of that story. That that was just um, the latest attempt and that there would be more. Mm -hmm. So I called on my friends at People for the American Way, an organization that I've been involved with for ever since I got elected. They run a young elected officials program. And I asked how I could be helpful. And they're like, glad you asked. Uh, we'd like you to come and be our executive director. So that's a journey I've been on for the last almost a year now. Uh, and helping to fight for truth, justice in the American way mm. and against authoritarianism. I love that. And, uh, you know, I, I, I recall you winning a four way race for mayor um, yeah. in 2011. So and then you were uh, Ithaca's first black mayor and the youngest in New York. And I think that's what I wanted to to lean into a bit. Um, you're you, you've talked publicly about being one of the youngest leaders in the room. Um, and it, and you're you're on record saying if you're the youngest person there by 30 years, you start thinking that maybe you're crazy. Maybe your perspective yeah. <laughs> is crazy. But I yeah. think this is important. I think this is important. So talk to us about um, why having a younger perspective in politics is important. Mm. That's good. 
did your research. That's good research. Yeah, I, that's funny. I remember saying that. And I remember getting some backlash too uh, from my staff who, because look, we all have strengths. And especially when you're running quite young. So I had a three-way primary, Democratic primary, mm-hmm. and then a four-way general. And in each case, you know, folks were, uh, I mean, I had good experience, you know, and of course, being on the city council and I had uh, some pretty good staff management experience, including managing my own brothers. Uh, when we were in church, my two oldest, we were all ushers. Okay. And, uh, but I was the head usher because I was the most responsible one, <laughs> nice. uh, but I was the youngest of them. And you have not managed a more unruly staff than your own two oldest brothers. <laughs> and they're like, it's time to guys, we got to pour the grape juice. And they're like, don't tell us what to do. Like they give you a wedgie, right? So that's, that's a challenge. But um, when you're running, what you find is that all of your identities are are laid out there, right? And people make prejudgments about your identities. They, if you walk into a room and you present as a man, if you walk into the room and you're black, if you walk into the room you present as a woman, you present as older, you present as younger, and each one of those prejudgments comes with um, politically some benefits and. Uh, some disadvantages, right? So for me, the benefits are, you know, when you present as a man uh, in America in 2022, and this is true back in 2011 when I first ran for mayor, um, that's an automatic advantage because we're a patriarchal society and uh, women still have a harder road when it comes to running for office. Sure. Um, And wrongly so. We could get into that, but wrongly so. Uh, and being young has, so there are disadvantages, right? Obviously, folks look at you and they perceive you as being maybe naive, maybe immature, maybe ignorant, uh, maybe unwilling to work hard, unwilling to sacrifice. But they also perceive you as being innovative or creative, unmoored down by the, the political dealings of the past, willing to uh, work in a new paradigm. So the challenge for a young person running for office is, how do you maximize the advantages while minimizing the disadvantages of those prejudgments? Mm. And what that means as a young person, you just have to work harder, frankly. Because so much of those judgments around young people is, will they work hard? You know, mm-hmm. how committed are they to this? And I had so many voters be like, my son's your age, and he, he, when he takes the trash out, he forgets to put the liner back in the bag. Mm. And so... Therefore, I do not trust young people and I will not vote for you for, you know, stuff like that. Or like my, my daughter's your age, she crashed the car. And so I don't, I don't know if you're mature enough yet. So you had to, you could not come in second place in any metric of political success. Right. We had to knock on more doors than our opponents. Mm-hmm. We had to raise more money than our opponents. Mm-hmm. We had to make more phone calls than our opponents. Our yard signs had to look better. We had to have more of them. Our website had to be more polished. Our social media had to have more followers because uh, anything less than them and folks will lean into the, um, their prejudgments. And the same is true once you take office, but a little bit less so. And this is advice I give to, to young people, particularly those running for office, but in any kind of management job. When I was running the city, we had 500 employees. I had 12 direct reports, police chief, fire chief, et cetera. And all of them were twice my age. Um, 
uh, about a third of them were three times my age when I took office. And the beauty of winning elections is that it it automatically bestows on you some degree of of authority and credibility, right? Mm-hmm. So I did not necessarily have to, um, you know, prove myself to them day in and day out in the same way that I did to the voters, because they respected the will of the voters. But you still do have to um, be aware of your own deficits, right? So to be young is, and I think, forgive me, this is a long answer to what was a short no, please, direct please, question. Please. <laughs> but the direct the, the answer to the direct question of you know what, what do young people bring to this work is the young people bring enormous amounts of energy and I'm mm-hmm. feeling that now that I'm 35 and I'm like, ooh, those all-nighters hurt a little more than they used to. Mm-hmm. Um, they bring creativity uh, because they're often so naive, like wonderfully naive, usefully naive about the way the world works, that they can invent entirely new worlds and entirely new ways of working. And they have a moral authority because they haven't made all of those thousand, thousand compromises that comes from, you know, navigating the world of adulthood. And so a young person can stand up and say, no, this climate change is wrong. It is bad. It is hurting the most vulnerable people. So we must change it. As opposed to us adults who often look at those young people and say, well, I know it's unfair, but life is unfair. So those are the benefits, but the disadvantages are that you really don't have an, an enormous Rolodex that you can call on when you need help. Uh, you don't have a ton of experience, so you will step in landmines that maybe a more experienced person would have avoided. Um, some of that energy can get you into trouble, right? Uh, you could be doing too much or trying to do too much and find out, uh, you know, the limits of your own cognition after two straight all-nighters. So it is a, it is a mixed bag is, 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 I guess, the easiest way to say it. Right, right. Well, um, you definitely uh, made the most of, you know, the early years in your career uh, by exciting young folks. And, you know, I, I, I read that um, um, in 2017, uh, again, so that's close to the beginning of the Trump presidency. You were appointed director of youth leadership programs uh, within the organization People for the American Way. So uh, it, you still work with uh, People for the American Way, right? Yeah, so that's right. So I got I, I went from running their youth, uh, sitting at the kids' table, so to speak, to uh, to now running the whole thing. Okay, so so talk to us about that. What's what's your mission? You know, who do you serve? And let's talk about the important work that organization is facilitating. Sure. Uh, I'll start from the top and then we could talk about the, the youth programs because I think they're... Yeah, let's, let's the talk about it all. We're here. Yeah, the most important things we do. Um, we were founded 41 years ago by a TV producer, actually, the mm-hmm. name of Norman Lear, who um, made Sanford and Sons and Maud and All in the Family and, and the Jeffersons and a bunch and like two dozen other shows. And he founded the organization because he was a he was a young Jewish kid in Brooklyn, and he would turn on the radio and he would hear this guy, Father Conklin, who was like pre-Limba, Limba, or like pre-Tucker Carlson, talking about how the Jews and the leftists were uh, unpatriotic, un-American, and um, needed to be weeded out of our society. But that wasn't normal at all. 
So he was really confused. This is a guy who, who, who volunteered um, to go fight in World War II mm-hmm. and flew B-52 bomber missions over Nazi Germany. He flew. He had to fly 35. He volunteered for another 17. Did 52 total bomber missions over Nazi Germany and came home having fought for his country and was made to feel as if this country was not his. And so after he had a, a lot of professional success and when he thought he was going to retire 42 years ago, he founded this organization, People for the American Way, to reclaim the flag and patriotism for um, people of color, for the LGBT community, for Jewish folks, for anybody who was being made to feel by the authoritarian right, the Christian fascist right, like this country did not belong to them. And uh, I say he thought he was going to retire. That's 42 years ago. Norman just celebrated his 100th birthday. Mm. Uh, I talked to him this morning. Mm. Um, at his 100th birthday in July, I told him, you know, I hope we can celebrate your 110th birthday together. He looked at me and said, you're still a young man. I- I'm sure you'll make it. It's <laughs> 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 just incredible. He, so he's still very sharp, but the, the organization he founded fights using any means available to us. Most often the media, right? Com- creating compelling media, videos, essays, um, any, anything we can get our hands on to tell a different story of this country and to inspire people to fight against any authoritarian instinct or leaning. Part of how he wanted to do that is 17 years ago. Uh, he encouraged these young people that he knew that got elected to office at a young age. He said, you should band together. You should form an organization and figure out how to lean on each other, fight for each other, grow together. And you'll know some of the, these young people. It was a young woman by the name of Stacey Abrams, mm-hmm. um, uh, Julian Joaquin Castro, uh, Kristen Cinema. That one's complicated, but yeah, she was there. Um, Andrew Gillen. And they found 35 people under the age of 35 and formed what's called the Young Elected Officials Network. Mm. That network is what I took over running in 2017 because I wanted to help encourage all those things I was just talking about, the the benefits of young people, the energy, the creativity, the moral authority they bring. I wanted to see more of that in office, but I also wanted to help them avoid the, the pitfalls that come from youth. The mistakes that you can make, the the lack of experience, the lack of a deep Rolodex. I thought if we band our Rolodex together, right? If we share our experiences, if we talk about our mistakes, um, we can learn faster and mm-hmm. smarter, quicker, and become more successful. So that program that was founded with thirty five people now has fourteen hundred young mm-hmm. elected officials in it, and every walk of life across the country. Some of them, three of them, ran for president last cycle. Uh, half a dozen of them are running for governor or senator now. And we're very proud of that program. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. 
That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot B-I-N. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity. And it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. Gainbridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Please visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. We are here today with former mayor of Ithaca, New York, the executive director of People for the American Way, Mr. Savante Myrick, discussing his career in public service, the importance of democracy, and the urgency and value in the inclusion of younger people in politics. Let's switch gears here uh, a bit because midterms are yeah. right around the corner, right? Yes, barreling down at us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, there have been a lot of recent attempts to disenfranchise black voters. That's what we, we call it. We call it voter suppression initiatives. You know, in, in other circles, they call it, you know, attempts to protect, you know, voting integrity or whatever uh, phrases they come up with. Talk to our listeners about just how dangerous these uh, voter uh, disenfranchisement initiatives are and why uh, engaging in midterm elections are important. Yeah. We got to recognize exactly how smart the far right is. Oh, yeah. You know, their strategists are brilliant and they often know things that we don't. 
right? Or that we're too late to learn. Mm-hmm. They value, I mean, I'm just gonna say this in partisan terms, you know, the, you know, our organization is not, you know, we're not Democrats, we're Republicans, we're we're against authoritarianism. But I'm gonna say this in partisan terms. But I feel like Republicans know the value of black voters more than Democrats do. Right? Mm. The far right knows the value of them more. Now, that's not to say that they want the vote of black voters or that they want to serve black voters because it's not, that's not true. They just know the value of it. And you can tell by how surgically they attempt to suppress the, the vote of black people in particular. Mm. Right? They will go out of their way. They will capture entire state legislatures so that they can pass laws that surgically our organization founded souls to the polls. We were the board of our chair, the chairman of our board is a guy named Reverend Tim McDonald in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and us and a couple other organizations founded an organization. It's called souls to the polls. Oh yeah. I know. Take busloads. You've heard of it. Busloads yeah, okay. of, yeah, of, of parishioners to um, election places after mm-hmm. service on Sunday. Mm-hmm. All across the Bible Belt, these state legislatures figured out what was happening and started closing polling places at 12 p.m. on Sunday, mm-hmm. right? 12 p.m. on Sunday, surgically targeting. We have bad actors. We started up a program called Defend the Black Vote in 15 states. It's really not growth of souls to the polls, but we now use modern technology. We use texting, smartphones, phone calls, digital ads, that kind of outreach. Um, we were texting with black men in Michigan who were receiving robocalls from a woman who, and this is again, who claimed her name was Shaniqua, right? And was telling them, beware, black men, the government's trying to trick you into voting. If you vote, they'll add you to the rolls for jury duty. They'll come after you for any back parking tickets, uh, child support, fines, fees you might owe. So beware, they're trying to get your information if you vote. Hmm. All over the country, we were texting with men who were getting messages. This is in the 2020 election that uh, uh, because of the pandemic, don't worry, you can actually vote late. You can vote all the way up to November 30th. Right? Hmm. This is, of course, not true, but it's an attempt to discourage black folks from voting. Why would they want to do that? Why discourage black folks from voting? Right? It's because when black folks vote, they are, historically speaking, more likely to be pro-environment, pro-raising of working people's wages, pro-expansion of health insurance, all things that are really bad for the bottom line of like big corporate interests, billionaires, the companies that want to be able to pollute because it's like easier to just pollute than to take care of your own trash. They want to be able to pay people low wages. They don't want to have to pay them health insurance. And so by discouraging the group of voters that is most likely to move the country towards justice, they can really serve their corporate donors better. Mm. That's what that's what we're seeing all over the country. Our program was successful in 2020. We targeted black men also surgically between the ages of 18 and 60. We really went after men who had not voted since Obama was last on the ballot, which is 2012. Yeah. And we were able to to get um, up to 3.2 million such black men that we talked to. 1.9 million of them ended up voting for the first time since 2012, which is like a 67, 68% nice. uh, uh, turnout increase. Yeah. Right. Nice. I love that. So um, what are some of the issues that, you know, you think 
uh, are most important to our listeners in term, and, and I want the, to, you to frame your answer in terms of motivating people to actually get out to the polls. What's at stake, you know, for this midterm election? And there's a bunch of, you know, there's a bunch of terms like our democracy or freedom, choice, all that's very true, all that's very real. But if I could put it like, let's talk Turkey, Turkey. Mm-hmm. The state of Georgia would have, if black men voted at the same rate as black women in 2018, then Stacey Abrams would be governor of Georgia right now. Wow. If St- right? That's it. If they just voted at the same rate as black women. Now, Stacey Abrams was the governor of Georgia right now. She would have allowed for the expansion of Obamacare in her state. The governor of Georgia has not allowed it, right? This is not something that costs Georgia anything. I don't know if voters know this, but governors can just keep expansion of Medicaid and Medicare out just by by their whim. This would be the federal government uh, giving insurance to millions of Georgians who don't have it right now. Now, those are like numbers, right? Like, what does it matter if you don't have insurance? Well, if you, your cousin, your family member, if you've ever gone without insurance, if you've ever had a toothache, you can't get fixed. If you've ever had a health condition that's gone under invested in, if you've ever had diabetes, high blood pressure, you know that this, this leads to people dying much sooner than they should and living mm-hmm. less comfortable lives and working, if you'll pardon my, working shittier jobs than they should um, other ones, just to to get this health insurance, right? Mm-hmm. That's a real life choice that folks in Georgia have to make, but all over the country. And of course, Georgia's one state, but there are a great many others too, where uh, women were guaranteed the right to choose until earlier this year, guaranteed the right to make the decisions about whether and when and with who they wanted to have babies. Uh, and now the Supreme Court's come in and said, uh, no, no longer have that guarantee. Each state can decide for themselves. And there's going to be a lot of uh, little girls, and I'm talking about little girls, who are going to find out in the worst possible way uh, at the age of 15 years old that they live in a red state and what it means to live in a red state, that they live in Louisiana. And that means that even though... Um, that uh, they have relative, and forgive me for speaking in graphic terms. No, it's here, okay. This really yeah. is why this matters. That that even the 15 years old and their uncle rapes them, and they're going to be forced to carry that baby to term simply because uh, the voters in Georgia picked Brian Kemp instead of Stacey Abrams. So it is a that is a that's an America that I don't want to live in, and that's why it's really important to vote. Sure, sure. Now you mentioned something. Um, that was kind of interesting. You mentioned the brilliance uh, in the, you know, uh, deeply conservative pockets of this country, the far right. And uh, you mentioned how you've noticed or otherwise have been made aware of um, efforts to infiltrate different arenas in government to help shape outcomes for a specific group of people. Well, that strategy, now that we're, you know, you mentioned we might be slow learners uh, if we're <laughs> a little more liberal than the far right. Yeah. Um, that strategy, now that we're aware of it, is something that we can do as well. And obviously, you're a champion of 
of uh, young people getting involved in politics. So let's talk about those people who listen to this type of programming, who have an interest in politics and perhaps who might even want to move into politics in the near future based on what they're seeing in the, in the news cycles. What advice would you have for those people um, that are kind of maybe thinking about moving in that direction? Yeah. Well, it, I want to agree first with the premise of your question, which is, uh, I always say there's this great proverb that says, um, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. Mm. And the second yeah, best time, time is today. Right now. Right? right now. And we should have been doing what the far right, far right started 40 years ago. Right? Yeah. So we're playing catch up. We're playing catch up. But now's the time to get started. Mm. And the, the, the first bit of advice I would give is really you should seek out people for the American way because we have uh, training programs. Frontline Leaders Academy is the, the premier one that trains people on how to run campaigns, how to run for office, but also how to run issue-oriented campaigns. Maybe you don't want to run for mayor or school board or city council member yourself, but there's something you want your current mayor to do. We train you in how to organize to get that done. Mm -hmm. And so they can check out our website, Frontline Leaders Academy. The second bit of advice I give them is, um, believe me, this is not as hard as it looks. Mm. This is not as hard as you fear. Um, because if I could do it, <laughs> frankly, anybody could do it. But don't even, that's, that's, that's to a self-facing. Turn on CNN, folks. Look at the folks who are in office. If they can do it, you can do it. Mm. There is not enough competition in these elections, especially at the local level. There are not enough good people stepping forward. And if you step forward, you will find that folks will receive you like a breath of fresh air. That if you take that, that leap, um, you will find that you are giving people inspiration. I, I, I just, when I, when I first got elected, there was this, I was 24, and this 15-year-old uh, kid, black kid, was going up to see his mom in City Hall. And she worked there. He gets in the elevator and a woman looked at him, this 15-year-old black kid, and said, hey, are you the new mayor that just got elected? And Sue comes in my office to tell me the story. And I was like, Sue, that's messed up. I don't look 15. That's not funny. And she's mm -hmm. like, you don't, you don't understand. He's been mistaken for a lot of things in the last year, right? Once he had his, his growth, he's, been, he's had people follow him around stores. He's had people get off the elevator when he got on it. Mm. He's had people cross the street when the sound come in. Uh, but he was just mistaken for a figure of authority. Mm. And that's different. That he walked into her office, yeah, floating, like floating on air. And then she hoped that that feeling would stay with him as he went for his next job interview or when he applied for college or when he decided to run for office himself. That is what you can do for the young people in your community if you step forward, if you decide that you've had enough and that you want to leave, is that you can make changes. I'm very proud of the changes that I made while I was mayor of Ithaca, but there's nothing I'm more proud of than, than whatever inspiration I gave uh, to all those little kids who are out there changing the world as, as we speak. Sure, sure. Well, I... I can't thank you enough for your insight um and you are such an an inspiring person 
motivational person and, and definitely a voice that we need to hear right now. Before we let you go, um, let us know how we can support you, um, how the listeners can get money from their pockets to yours for whatever efforts that you are undertaking, your social media, anything else that you need to plug. Yeah, I appreciate that. You can Venmo me directly at, uh, no, I'm kidding. I, 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 can. <laughs> sure. the, the, uh, I, I want to thank you for this platform. This is a really important space for these conversations. And, and I would love to, if ever you're interested, I'd love to come back and, and talk more. Yeah. Our producer, Chris is a big fan. So yeah, please come back. Great. And, and we, we, of course, you can find us at people for the American way. You can find me online. It's just my first name and my last name. S V A N T E Savante Myrick, M Y R I C K. Uh, if you just Google, um, former mayor, Ithaca, weird name, like it pops right up on Twitter, Instagram, and, uh, love to connect with folks. Perfect. Perfect. Well, once again, I uh, want to thank you for coming on to share, you know, your thoughts with us and, you know, explain y- y- your, your visions and share more with us about your commitment to the successful, informed and inspired future of black Americans and Americans in general. And, uh, I, I just can't thank you enough. Once again, today's guest is former mayor of Ithaca, New York, and the executive director of People for the American Way, Mr. Savante Myrick. And before we go, I'll leave you with this. Today's conversation brings to mind a couple of the historical yet applicable and very timely calls to action from our late great ancestor, Brother Malcolm X. Malcolm X often reminded others very publicly that, quote, our freedom can't wait, unquote. And, quote, that if you want something, you had better make some noise, unquote. Gathering the Action Now advice directly from Savante Myrick's team at the People for the American Way, we have very specific instructions to leave today's conversation with. Those of which, if action with love, honesty, and good faith, will be the most direct and efficient path to our desired outcomes. Speaking out to hold our leaders accountable and let them know the public is watching is vital to participatory democracy. The progressive movement and the fight to defend democracy depend on the grassroots engagement of everyday Americans. When we speak en masse with petitions, phone calls, rallies, and other actions, our individual voices are amplified and decision makers from elected officials to CEOs take notice. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I'm your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. 
It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.